Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests, classic radio shows, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, and showbiz news. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio Christmas amateur detective adventure of Rocky Fortune, starring Frank Sinatra. But it's time now to play Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, either one or both of our two Hollywood 360 listener contestants must correctly answer more multiple-choice trivia questions about Samuel L. Jackson than me. Lisa Wolf is our moderator, right, Lisa? Right, Carl. Whatever you say, Carl. Would you welcome our two contestants? Yes, we have Alan on the line from Wheeling. Hey, Alan. Hello. We're glad you're with us today. And I'm glad to be here. <laughs> May I just say... You've got the greatest show on all of radio. Wow. Thank you, Alan. Ah, You made my day. (laughs) Not kidding. Appreciate it. And we have Lois from Libertyville. That kind of goes, Lois from Libertyville. It kind of works. (laughs) Hi, Lois. Hi, how are you? Oh, great. How are you? Hi, Lois. Very good. Hi. All right. We've got a game. It's about Samuel L. Jackson. It's all multiple choice, and we're going to start with Alan today. I'm in trouble because they both sound really smart. Yeah, they usually are. I know. Alan, what was Samuel L. Jackson's first movie that grossed over $100 million? Is it Pulp Fiction, Jurassic Park, Die Hard with a Vengeance, or Coming to America? Pulp Fiction. It's not. It's oh. I'm sorry. It's the first one. Um, I mean, the first movie that grossed over $100 million. I'm sorry. Lois, do you know? Can you? It's either Jurassic that? Park, Die Hard with a Vengeance, or Coming to America. Jurassic Park. No, I'm so sorry. Really? It's really? not? What are the two left? It's Die Hard with a Vengeance or Coming to America. Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's not. Now, what? Coming to America was a 1988 Eddie Murphy film. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, Eddie Murphy tends we to do that. We all struck out on that's, that one. That's okay. We learned something, my right? My goodness. <laughs> Lois, in Jurassic Park, he starred as Ray Arnold, a systems manager who was eaten by what? <laughs> was it a velociraptor, a mutant shark, a serial killer, or a zombie? The raptor. That's the one. Velociraptor is right. All right. Lois on the board. Carl, in Pulp Fiction, yeah. he started as a hitman contemplating retirement. What was his name? Oh, um, I'll know it when you say All right. Ringo. No. Roger. No. Vincent Vega. No. Jules Winfield. Jules Winfield. That's correct. He's on the board. Okay. Okay, Alan, from 1988 to 2007, how many films did Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis act in together? 
Was it one, two, three, or four? Three. Oh, so close. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Lois, not three. So it's one, two, or four? Two. No, it's not two either. (laughs) Carl? Um, Bruce Willis and him? Yep. One. No. Oh my god, I stink. <laughs> no, it's, I'm so sorry. I have 50 50 two times. Do you want times me to tell and you I... what the movies are? We'll just keep no, going. Keep All right. Lois. I stink. <laughs> I smell it from here. I wore my deodorant, though. I did. I put some on. Uh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Positive. Uh, Lois, who directed Samuel L. Three Jackson? days ago, I put yeah, it on. But I'm I, thinking. Yeah. In, who directed him in A Time to Kill? Is it Spike Lee, Joel Schumacher, George Lucas, or Steven Spielberg? Uh, Schumacher. Yes, you've got it. Oops. Sorry, I meant to do this. <laughs> you got it. A lot of buttons over here, yeah, Lois. Got like a lot three, of buttons. Three buttons, Lois. Okay, Carl. <laughs> what color is his lightsaber in the Star Wars movies? Oh, man. Is it yeah. purple, red, green, or blue? Purple. It's purple. All He's right. Got it. Got it. All right. Yes. Okay, Alan. Samuel L. Jackson started a movie which was a remake of which 1975 television series? Was it SWAT, The Blue Knight, Police Story, or Ironside? Police Story. I'm so sorry. sorry. I was trying. I was trying. Lois. SWAT. Yes, it is. You've got it. Lois, here's your question. Samuel L. Jackson played Lucius Best, a man with a secret, in what film? Mm. Is it The Incredibles, Unbreakable, Kill Bill Volume 2, or Snakes on a Plane? Unbreakable. No. Carl. I think it was Snakes on a Plane. No. No? I guess I was wrong. Here we go, Alan. Is it The Incredibles or Kill Bill? Kill Bill. No! Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Bill and, oh man, <laughs> Alan and I have had trouble with the 50-50. Okay, Carl, in which film was his character protected by the FBI so he could testify against a mob boss? Wow. Is it The Man, The Cleaner, Snakes on a Plane, or Unthinkable? The, the, <laughs> the Man. Nope, not The Man. <laughs> okay, Alan, The Cleaner. Snakes on a plane, unthinkable. He was protected by the FBI. Unthinkable. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Well, Lois. Alan has been consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Lois, was it the cleaner or snakes on a plane? The cleaner. No. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> No. These are tough. Okay, here's our final round. Alan, you're going to get this one. I just feel it in my bones, okay? Yeah. No. (laughs) I don't. Samuel L. Jackson narrated several scenes in what 2009 World War II film? Was it Fury, Inglorious Bastards, The Thin Red Line, or Downfall? I'm sending you. Yes! That is right. Way to go. Alan's on the board. There we go. Lois, Samuel L. Jackson appeared as what character in the 2012 movie Django Unchained? Was he Django, Stephen, Dr. King Schultz, or Billy Crash? Hmm. Dr. King Schultz. No. What do you think, Carl? Uh, What are the... uh... Django. 
No. Steven or Billy Crash? Ah, uh, Steven. Yes, it was. Oh. Good guess. That yeah, was a good guess. Okay, final question. Samuel L. Jackson will be starring in what 2017 film? Whose question is this? Yours. Right, what is it? He will be starring in what film that will be released in 2017? What are the... Uh... He's working on it. Right. It's Kong Skull Island, The Mummy, The Wolverine 2, or Bad Boys 3? Kong. Yes! Really? You got it. Oh, man. Wow. Impressive. All right, let's add them up. Alan got one. Yay! But he loves our show, so I want to like, give him okay. more, but I can't. He's still a winner. He's still and a then winner. Lois got three, and Carl got one, two, three, four, five. So uh, you guys didn't beat the host, but you're going to win fabulous prizes. It was a good game, you guys. You guys rock. Alan, did you have fun? I had a ball. Thanks so much. All right, you're Thanks, welcome. Alan. Lois, did you have fun? Absolutely. All right. You're very welcome. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and all that other good stuff for you. And when we come back, we're going to tune in to Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Stick around. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, time now for Rocky Fortune. This adventure series came to Radio 1953 and starred... The one and only Frank Sinatra as Rocco Fortunato, also known as Rocky Fortune, a footloose and fancy-free young man of uh, several talents, consistently in need of employment, and who accepted odd jobs from the Gridley Employment Agency. These assignments typically led Rocky into situations where he tracked down criminals, often rescuing people, especially women, Lisa, in trouble and ultimately needing to find yet more work. Sinatra infused the role of Rocky with a witty tongue-in-cheek quality that was a wink to his own career. Aside from Sinatra, the only other recurring role was that of Hamilton J. Finger, a not terribly bright but solid and dependable police sergeant voiced by Barney Phillips. The final Rocky Fortune episode aired March 30, 1954, less than a week after Sinatra won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, for his role as Private Angelo Maggio in the 1953 film From Here to Eternity. And then his career really, really took off, Lisa. He didn't need to do this show anymore, and so he didn't. That's the way it was. <laughs> I, That's what happened. How do you like that? All right, so this is a Christmas show called The Plot to Murder Santa Claus. It stars Frank Sinatra. It's from December 22, 1953. It's heard on NBC Here's part one now of Rocky Fortune. Now, Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Did I ever tell you about the time I got mixed up in a plot to murder Santa Claus? Yeah. It all started when I answered a Christmas ad for a department store. The ad said, young man of good character is auxiliary store detective and other duties. Two-week employment. So, next day, I am an auxiliary shamus for Crackin' Bombs Department Store. Out of a high-class Fifth Avenue dispensary where for only 50 bucks you can buy your girl a mink toothbrush. And for an extra five grand, you can get her a coat to match. Uh, this way, Mr. Uh... Fortune, uh, Rocky Fortune, Mr. Prim. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this is Fifth Floor, Children's Toys. Note, please, uh, Santa's Workshop and the Enchanted Igloo. This will be your post. 
What do I do? Just keep an eye on the merchandise. Quackenbaums has had a good deal of shoplifting recently. Yeah, especially in the jewelry department, eh? Uh, we uh, don't like to talk about that, Mr. Fortune. Mister, it's been on the front page of all the newspapers for a week. Eight thousand bucks worth of pearls. Wow. The thief will be apprehended in good time. Have no fear. Oh, and uh, one other thing. Yeah? At lunch hour, you will relieve Santa Claus. You mean put on a beard and everything? Oh, it's just for half an hour. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you start in exactly five minutes. Um, I'm not exactly built for this. Neither is our present Santa. They're running thin this year. Uh, just ask Big Elf to help stuff you. Big Elf? Santa's helper. The large fellow in the elf suit. Oh, sure. Good luck, Mr. Fortune. The honor of Quackenbaums is in your hands. Uh, at forty-four fifty a week, Mr. Quackenbaum is getting a bargain. Big Elf, whose name is Marty, weighs about 250. He helps me with a Santa suit, and I take over inside the magic igloo while Santa goes out for some chowder. I embarrass a couple of mothers by promising everything the kids ask for, and I'm really living it up, having the time of my life, when a little girl about six comes in all by herself. She's a pretty little thing, too, with blue eyes and freckles. On one leg is a light steel brace. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all, and that's what I want for Christmas. Well, hello, honey. You here all alone? Yes, sir. Well, what can I do for you? I have a note for you. A letter for old Santa, huh? Oh, oh, let's have a look. Dear Santa, you know what we want for Christmas. We better get it or you'll never live to make those Christmas Eve deliveries. Signed, you know who. Well, well, did you write this letter yourself, honey? No, sir. A man gave it to me. What did he look like? Big man with a black mustache. Gave me a nickel, too. Heavy spender, huh? Honey, what's your name? Gail. Gail Grayson. And what would you like Santa to bring you for Christmas, Gail? I'd like your elf. You mean big bonehead out there? Oh, no. Not the man in the elf suit. I mean the elf doll. The one with the red silk suit and the green hat. Oh, well, that's pretty expensive, honey. Maybe your mommy and daddy can't afford it. I don't have any mommy and daddy. Oh. Well, you leave your name and address with Santa, and I'll see if we can't arrange for something. It might not be that same doll, but... That's the one I want. Yeah, I can see that. Well, look, Gail. Gail! Gail, there you are. I told you to wait outside the man's office. I wanted to talk to Santa about getting that elf doll. Honey, I told you that doll cost too much. Santa says maybe he can arrange something. Santa's wrong. Look, mister, I've just been seeing about trying to get a job in this place so we can afford to eat. I don't have money for expensive dolls. Well, I'm sorry, miss. I just... Well, you've no business building up false hopes in children. They put so much faith in this. Well, if you just let me explain, I... Come around and explain Christmas Eve if you can. Well, I'd like to, but I don't even know your name. This is my sister, Laura, and we live at 65 Bleakman Street, Five Flights Anna. Gail, for heaven's sake, come along. You won't forget the doll, will you, Santa? Please, please don't forget, please. Lose a customer, Jack? I'm afraid I lost a friend, too. Uh, cheer up. Maybe you won't live long, then you won't need a friend. Why don't you just stick to being a big elf, huh, Marty? Don't be a wise guy, Fortune. Me? I'm never a smart aleck. By the way, how do they spell elf? O-A-F... <laughs> After 
to launch the real make-believe Santa Claus comes back, and I turn over the suit, beard, and stuffing. I'm glad to get back to being a store detective. That big elf is no pleasure to work with. I keep thinking a little gale. Well, let's face it, I keep thinking of her big sister, who's got eyes like Dresden China and a figure like a Lamage teapot. I wonder if I'm ever going to see her again. I don't have to wonder long, because right away things begin to happen. All right, hold it, hold it. Let me go. Take it easy, take it easy. Well, Laura Grayson. Who are you? Santa Claus, remember? My name is Rocky Fortune. I'm also the store dick in this department. Oh, Mr. Fortune, please. I don't know why I I took it. Well, let's see what we've got here. It's the elf doll, the one Gail wanted. Oh, baby, if you're going to shoplift a doll, they got better ways worked out than just pick it up and run with it. I had to take it. I, I couldn't disappoint her. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I guess it was partly my fault. Well, I suppose you'll turn me over to the police now. Well, hold it, hold it. Lady, this ain't for general publication. Between you and me, I'm the world's worst toy store detective. Too much larceny in my blood. So I'll just turn around for 20 or 30 minutes, and if you're not gone when I turn back, I'm going to put the pinch on you. You're letting me go? Please, let's not be vulgar. Thank you, Rocky. Hey. What? You forgot the doll. But... I was going to buy it for her anyway. Besides, I get it for only three bucks because it's a display model. Now beat it. Rocky, I could kiss you. Go ahead. I will. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year to you. Wow. Kid slips down the stairway with the elf doll, and I am still wearing her lipstick on my cheek when Mr. Prim boils over. He looks so much like a clothing store dummy, you expect to find a price tag on him. Right behind him is Marty, the big old elf. Mr. Fortune. Oh, hi. Where is she? Where is who? Uh, whom? Uh, he. The dame who stole the doll from Santa's workshop. Oh, you are a little elf, aren't you? Mr. Marty here tells me he saw you catch her. Where is she? Overpowered me. She must be a lady wrestler or something. Mr. Fortune. Tell you what, though, Mr. Prim, just to make everything okay, I'll pay for the doll. What? No kidding. You see, I know the young lady, and I was going to buy it for her anyway, so I... Well, this is highly irregular. Oh, come on, Mr. Prim. Think of how proud Mr. Quackenbaum will be when you tell him you unloaded that shop-worn display model. Well... Well, it's highly irregular, but uh, go ahead. Uh, the sales clerk will make out the proper form. Well, thanks, Mr. Prim. I'll do that. Hey, Fortune. Yeah. What was the dame's name? What's it to you? Just curious, you know. I know. Stay just as you are. All right. This is called The Plot to Murder Santa Claus from December 22nd, 1953, on Rocky Fortune, starring Frank Sinatra, who would have celebrated 100 years. It was his 100th birthday last week, Lisa. Yes, it was. We talked about that here in yeah. Hollywood 360 a couple weeks back. Wow. Also in the cast, uh, Mary McGovern, Kay Stewart, Frank Gerstel, James Nusser, Barney Phillips, Bill Justin, and that's uh, heard on NBC. We'll get back to this Rocky Fortune. It's only on for one season. This was at a time, sort of a lower point in, in uh, Sinatra's career. You know, we all have ups and downs in our career. Is that true? This is true. <laughs> and uh, and Frank was on top, you know, with your hit parade and all this right. when he was a you know very, very popular young singer. And then he had a little bit of a little bit of a downtime. And then he took this role, this Rocky Fortune role. But then he starred in From Here to Eternity, won Best Supporting Actor 
and uh, never, you know, he never waned after that. He was he was on top of the mountain after that all the way until he retired. I don't think he really retired. He was still singing, you know, all the way up until he he uh, passed away. So uh, very cool. All right, we'll get back to that in a minute. Here is another movie. Here's a clip from a movie with Samuel L. Jackson, 1994 crime drama. I'm here to help. If my help's not appreciated, lots of luck, gentlemen. No, 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 Mr. Wolf. It ain't like that. Your help is definitely appreciated. Mr. Wolf, listen, I don't mean disrespect, okay? I respect you. I just don't like people barking orders at me. That's all. Yeah, like Lisa does to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, you love it. If you know what movie that is, give us a call toll-free, 855-360-H360. Call right now. Phone lines are open. You will win some fabulous prizes. Call toll-free, 855 855- 360H360. Tell us what movie that is. 1990 crime drama with Samuel L. Jackson. We'll be right back. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa Wolf, this is the Hollywood 360 radio network, 100 stations across the country. And uh, it's uh, just an honor to do this show with you, Lisa. You have really grown. You started out as a little Matanki in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, right? Is that where you grew up or no? I'm not going to tell. Where did you, you grow Too up? Too many people out there. Come on. Where did you grow up? I grew up in... South side of Chicago? I grew up in Connecticut near Ed. Oh, yeah? Ed and in I Connecticut? Together. Really? In the uh, east side of Connecticut. Really? Did you? How was it there? Oh, it's beautiful yeah. there. She yeah. grew up. She grew up uh, right along the water there. Really? Oh, nice. Okay, you were a little matanky, and you've come a long way. That's true. You've listened to the radio shows, and now you're on the radio. Yeah, a little, you know, hard work, dedication, luck, little, and perseverance. A lot. <laughs> no cooking food for your kids. It was worth it. And uh, yeah, they're a little malnourished, but it's okay. <laughs> they're it's a little okay. thin. They're very thin. Yes, <laughs> they're very thin. They're, they're <laughs> when they walk bones. around, their around their clothes just fall you right know, off thin them. Is, thin is always in. Carl. Yeah, thin is definitely <laughs> fashion models. Right. They're like fashion models. Okay, so here you go. This is a 1994 crime drama, and Samuel L. Jackson was in it. I'm here to help. If my help's not appreciated. Lots of luck, gentlemen. No, 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 Mr. Wolf. It ain't like that. Your help is definitely appreciated. Mr. Wolf, listen. I don't mean disrespect, okay? I respect you. I just don't like people barking orders at me. That's all. Yeah, Miss Wolf. Yes. I don't like people barking orders at me. Well, I don't bark, first <laughs> of all. <laughs> yeah. But do you bite? That's the thing. No bark, well, no bite. You, wouldn't you like to know? No. I, <laughs> I'll leave. I'll let that uh, stay in the wolf home. Great. All right, so uh, you know this movie, Lisa? I should do, Carl. All right, let's see if Ed out in Connecticut knows it. Hang on a second. Where's the button? Oh, there it is. What's up, Ed? Hey, well, uh, uh, I'm glad you picked me. I'm uh, glad I we picked you. Every single week, it's one of my number one things to do every week. Oh, that's so program. great, Ed. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing the show, and we're so happy people are enjoying it. We really, really are. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you guys do just a great job. And uh, whereabouts on the East Coast did you grow up? <laughs> I was just Lisa. kidding. She was kidding. No, oh, she, you were? Okay. Yeah. She grew up She grew up in uh, in a little in, in a little Pusha. You know where Little Pusha is? You know no. where? Uh, no. No? You don't know where that no, is? No, it's a suburb of Chicago. No. Oh, yeah. no. She, yeah. was a, she was a Little Pusha. <laughs> All right, so, Ed, do you know this movie? 
Oh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp One Fiction. Of my absolute favorite. It's a great movie, and uh, you are going to win some fun prizes. How's that sound, Ed? Oh, fantastic. All right. What a nice surprise for Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Appreciate and you I calling. Hope you both have a wonderful Christmas and everyone at your uh, show. Thank you, Ed. I Thank appreciate you, Ed. it. Ed likes the show, Lisa. Yep. He says we're doing a good job. I'm smiling. All Thank right. you. Makes so, my day. This film, 1994 crime drama directed by Quentin Tarantino, starred John Travolta. Really a comeback. Movie mm-hmm. for him, his career, like Frank Sinatra's at one point, was kind of a know, little bit of a lull. He's done some very uh, eclectic movies, yeah. we'll, we'll just say. <laughs> yes, and so uh, Uma, Uma Thurman in this, Samuel L. Jackson. Bruce Willis was amazing in this movie as the prize fighter. Love this movie. Uma Thurman originally turned down the role of Mia Wallace, and Quentin Tarantino was so desperate to have her as Mia, he ended up reading her the script over the phone finally convincing her to take on the role. Wow. Yeah. Is that all it took? Wouldn't you like that if you were, say, a big enough star that Quentin Tarantino's begging you to be in his movie? He's just saying, hey, Lisa Wolf, Please, Just please come do on now. I, I, I know that you're a huge movie star, but I am Quentin Tarantino. Would you yeah. please be in this movie? It's hard to put myself in that place. Wouldn't that but be great? It would be something that'd nice. Be, that'd be awesome. I should just call you and say I'm Quentin Tarantino one time. <laughs> yeah, I just think be that, like, that would work hey, out. Hey, Lisa, it's Quentin Tarantino. What's going on? Right. How you that doing? Might, that might Listen, work. Listen, I got a role for you, I'd kid. I'd probably hang up it's and gonna figure be great. You're gonna phony be, phone call. <laughs> yeah. I do those a lot. I, fo- I phony prank phone call people Yeah, well, don't do it to me. I won't. All right, okay. let's get back to Rocky Fortune. After closing time, I go into the employee's dressing room for a quick wash-up and a change of linen. Place empties out when my pal, the store Santa, flops in after a hard day at the igloo. He takes off his red suit and I see he's built like a Japanese wrestler with a nose like Rudolph the reindeer. Only it ain't from drinking melted snow. Well, good night, everybody. Uh, good night, Herm. Looks as if the detectives and the Santa Clauses are the late workers in this department, huh? Yeah. Just you and me now. Just you, Santa. I'm blowing right now. Just a minute. Yeah? That girl who stole the elf star. What about her? Mr. Prim mentioned that you know her. So? I'd like to know her name. You're the second guy in a half an hour. What is this? Just what I said, Fortune. What's her name and where does she live? Look, I know you've been making a list and checking it twice, Uncle. Then why do you want to know? I I had my eye on that elf doll myself for my kid. I'd like to get it for. They got brand new ones in stock. I'm interested in that one. So the name, huh? Sorry, Uncle. Fortune. Maybe I don't make myself clear. I want that girl's name and address. I want it very bad. You know you shouldn't use that tone of voice. It don't sound like you got the holiday spirit. I'm going to use more than a tone of voice if you don't unclaim. Sorry, Sam. Okay, fortune. Okay, you want to fight? And fight. What's her name? Why, you pumped out bust your... Gentlemen, gentlemen, please, please, just what is going on here? Well, let Samson here tell you. Uh, uh... I was just showing Mr. Fortune here a couple of judo holds that might come in handy next time a young girl overpowers. This is not a gymnasium, gentlemen. I'll thank you to leave and report back promptly tomorrow morning. 
Good evening. I managed to stagger out of my own power and head back to my flat. I figure I'll have some supper and then locate Laura Grayson for another look at that elf doll that everybody wants to get his hands on. Also, for another look at Laura Grayson. Yeah. I stopped to line my flu at a local cafeteria and grew up to the flat. I walk in like I live there, which I do, and discover I have guests. Hello, Rocky. Well, well, Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake with poison in it. A cake with a file in it would be more useful where you're going, Rocky, my old pal. You are referring to the House of Detention? The same. Well, sir, if my days as a process service serve me correctly, they make mention of a thing titled due process, which means you don't arrest a guy without you can make some kind of charge, right? Right. So? So we would like to revolve the wheel of our conversation around the axle of your understanding down at the Irish clubhouse. Concerning? Concerning a murder. You said a murder? Yeah. Who? Rocky. This is going to come as a shock to a naive young boy like yourself. But there ain't no Santa Claus. How come? How come? Because somebody stuck a knife in him. He's laying on his face over in Quackenbaum's department store. Let's go. I spent the next few hours as a guest of the city in the squad room or sweat box, as it is affectionately remembered by inmates of various steel academies in this state. And mine host, the Sergeant Finger. All right! Now for the last time. You had an argument with him, right? He had one with me. Okay. He shocked you. Yes. You shocked him. Right. You got interrupted. Right. You left. Right. Then you come back and stabbed him. Wrong. Okay, okay. Let's have your story. Somebody was after him, Sarge. I got a threatening note that was supposed to go to him. Where is it? Here. Ah, this is kid stuff. You ever hear of a kid threatening Santa Claus? Come on, Okay, son. okay. So it ain't kid stuff. Who sent it and why? That's what the taxpayers hire you to figure out. Maybe it's got some connection with a jewel robbery. What do you know about the jewel robbery? Just what I read in the papers. Somebody snatched eight grand worth of pearls. You, maybe? Don't be ridiculous. I wasn't even working there when it happened. What makes you think it was an inside job? The newspapers. They got the opinion from the police. You familiar with this organization? Don't get funny. Did it ever occur to you that maybe Santa Claus was in on that jewel job? As a matter of fact, Rocky, the guy in that Santa Claus suit has a record as long as your arm. Only one thing is wrong. Yeah. We can't arrest him for his own murder. So why pin it on me? You're available. Also, whoever stabbed him was in on the inside. It happened after the store closed. Also, there's eight grand worth of pearls floating around someplace and a reward for a thousand to whoever finds them. No kidding. Yeah, you want to claim it? All you have to do is confess you killed a guy, turn in the pearls, collect the reward... And go to the chair. I'll tell you what, Sarge. You do me a favor and I'll confess to the murder. The jewel robbery and all of the other old crimes you're too stupid to solve. What's the favor? Drop dead. Rocky, someday, pow! Right in the toy department. Come on, Finger. You know as well as I do I couldn't have done it. What makes you think so? That note the lieutenant handed you a few minutes ago. You checked my alibi and I was feeding my face in the cafeteria when he got stabbed. So stop giving me the needle and let me go home. Fortune, someday! I know. Pow! Can I go now? Don't you like it here? 
It's great, but I got a date with a doll. Finger turns me loose and I jockey my way right down to Laura Grayson's apartment in a cheap village flat. It's about 9 p.m. when I get my finger on the doorbell. Just a moment. Rocky. Hi. Can I come in a minute? Of course. Uh, where is uh, Gail? Sleeper. I hope so, anyway. Uh, listen, uh, honey, I I have to ask you something. Well? Have you got the, the doll? Of course. Gail's so happy about it, she's ready to fly. Uh, look, I, I, I'll have to ask you for it back. You what? Well, I'll, I'll get another one to replace it. A brand new one, really. But, but right now, I gotta have that one. Sure, Rocky. Sure. It, it, it sounds kind of funny, but, and I can't explain it now, but you tell the kid I'll get him another one, huh? That isn't necessary, Rocky. Wait a minute, I'll get it for you. Here. Well, thanks. Um, I have to get back to the store. I'll call you tomorrow, maybe for dinner, huh? Uh huh. Good night, Laura. Good night, Rocky. I knew what she was thinking, so I didn't try to make any excuses. I just took the doll and headed back to my flat to take a look inside. It was as empty as an eggshell in a fox farm. I was just reaching for the phone when it rang. Hello. Rocky? Yeah. But this is Laura. Rocky, something terrible has happened. What's wrong? What's the matter? Well, just after you left, a man came, a big man with a black mustache, and he asked for the doll. Said he was from the department store police. I told him you'd taken it back to the store, and he left. What's so terrible? Well, he must have awakened Gail, and she overheard us. Anyway, when I went into her room just now, she was gone. Rocky, I don't know what to do. She heard you say I was taking a doll to the store? Yes. Maybe she's on her way over there now to try to get the doll back. At this hour? Honey, six-year-old kids don't know from the wages and hours law. Look, I'll take a run over there just in case she shows up. You notify the police and meet me. I stuffed the kid's doll in my overcoat pocket and flag a cab over to Quackenbaum's department store. There's no sign of the kid out front, so I leg it around at the delivery entrance. No sign. I decide to check inside and show my pass to the night watchman at the entrance. Uh, hold it, mister. Hiya, Pop. I, I work here. Uh, let's see your card. Here, yeah, right here. Yeah, store dick, huh? That's right, Pop. Now, listen, I'm looking for a little girl about seven years old. Wears a brace on one foot. You seen her? Uh, what would a kid like that be doing here after hours? Uh, her mother thinks she got lost in the store. Oh. Well, I, I only been on a couple of minutes. I ain't seen her. I'm going up to check the toy department on five. You keep an eye out, will you? If she comes along, send her up to five. I'll be waiting. Okay. I'll keep watch, fair. Thanks. I go up to the toy department. In the darkness, it looks as eerie as a graveyard on Halloween. I figure maybe Gail managed to slip in past the watchman, so I give a yell. Gail! I'm going to scare myself to death. What's that? Nobody here but us toys, boss. Get him up, Fortune. Uh, I assume that ain't a lollipop stick in my spine. That's right, smart boy. Step over here in the light. So what do I owe the pleasure? 
Just a little shopping trip. I'm looking for a doll. You don't say. I do. So hand it over. Help yourself. It's in the coat pocket. Toss it here. There. Now stand still while I have a look inside. Okay, wise guy, where's the stuff? Stuff? Don't play dumb. With eight grand worth of pearls from last week's job inside this doll, where are they? Search me, pal. Maybe you got the wrong doll. I got the right doll, Buster. What makes you so sure? Santa Claus told me. Before he died. Looks like you and Santa Claus were in on that robbery. Yeah, that's what I thought. Until he tried to double-cross me. What happened? I heisted this stuff and gave it to Santa Claus to hide. He did it so good I couldn't find it. He wasn't going to tell me where it was until I gave him more than half. Only I changed his mind for him. Yeah, with a four-inch blade. Uh-huh. You should be a store detective. You're real smart. I take it the stuff was in the dark. That's right, Rocky. Only it ain't there now. And you had that dog. Which means? Unless you unclam, I may have to give you the same treatment I gave Santa Claus. I'm telling you, the pearls were gone when I got that doll home. And I'm telling you, if they were gone, it's because you took them. I don't have them. Sue me. Rocky, old man, it's Christmas time and goodwill to men and all that. And I hate to knock off two guys in the same day. But if you don't spill them pearls in five seconds, I'm going to put lead in your braid. Now, where are they? I don't know. One, two... Three, four... Donkey. What the... Gail, hi! I'm back here, Fortune! Here's a football for Christmas, boy! I let Big Elf have it in a puss with a football from the toy counter and grab the kid. We duck into the maze of counters and crawl along until we get behind some packing crates. Marty's cursing and looking for us. And he's still got a gun, too. Rocky, I, I had to find you. I wanted to... Shh. Don't let him hear us. Crawl into this packing case. Rocky, I'm scared. Do as I say. Okay, Rocky. Fortune! It's no use, Fortune. I'm going to find you, and when I do... Shh. Come on out, Fortune. Come on out. Rocky, I'm scared. So am I, kid. We got to do something. But let's see what they got in these boxes. Mighty Mike Mechanical Police Car. Oh, there's a big help. Hey. What? Let me have one of those. Here. What are you going to do, Rocky? You'll see. I'm coming, Fortune. Look out, Marty. Watch out. That's two shots. He's got a revolver that holds six. Four to go. Let's see you. Here's something, Rocky. Super rocket ship. Fine. Let's try this on. Ready? Go. Fortune, are you crazy? I'm gonna get you. Three and two or five, one more. What's in that box, honey? It's an atomic blaster, junior space cadet side. Why not? Let's try it. I hear you, Fortune. I hear you now. Try this, Colonel. You missed, Marty. That's pretty bad shooting. Maybe, punk, but this ain't gonna be. Those things gotta be loaded before you can shoot a Marty, remember? You dirty... Here's something else for Christmas. Oh. 
gift to Santa's helper was a Louisville slugger right on top of the noggin. And just as he went out, the lights went on. And suddenly the place is crawling with humanity. Rocky. Gail, are you all right? We're fine, baby. Well, look who's here, late as usual. No wisecracks. Is this the missing kid lady? Yes, officer. Thank you. Who's the stiff? This is the bum who killed Santa Claus. Boy, you should have seen Rocky beat him with that bat. By the way, Gail, where's the stuff that was inside the doll? You mean the pretty marbles? I thought they came inside the doll, Rocky. It was a sort of surprise. Some surprise. Do you have them? I think so. In my pocket someplace. Oh, here they are. Sergeant? Uh, here you are, sir. Just in case you ain't got all your marbles. Marbles? Hey, those are the pearls that were heisted last week. He's got a magnificent mind, this Sergeant Finger, doesn't he? Gail, I'm sorry about the doll, honey, but unless I'm mistaken, you've got about a thousand dollar reward coming for this stuff. A thousand dollars? Rocky, it's too good to be true. I must be dreaming. Want me to pinch you? Couldn't you just kiss me instead? Why not? Yeah. Hmm. Merry Christmas. Hmm. Happy New Year. Yeah. Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Ted Von Else, Mary McGovern, Kay Stewart, Frank Gerstle, Jim Nusser, Barney Phillips, Bill Justine. Tonight's script was written by George Lefferts. Andrew C. Love directed. That's some swinging cool... Jazz. Jazzy music there, like smoky, jazzy, cool, man. Smoking hot. You know, like, don't mess with Frank Sinatra, man. He was cool. And he really was cool. He was like the coolest of them all, right? Yeah. He was like the coolest cat there was back then. He uh, formed the Rat Pack, right? All right, that's the plot to murder Santa Claus, starring Frank Sinatra, December 22nd, 1953. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. Then it's more here with Lisa and Carl. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari, brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, this is Hollywood 360. I'm your host, Carl Amari, Lisa Wolf across the council from me. And I want to remind people that uh, our, our show returns in just a few minutes. And it's Miracle on 34th Street, starring Edmund Gwen and Natalie Wood in a radio reenactment of the famous movie. Edmund Gwen won an Academy Award for this movie, Lisa. Did you know that? I did. Did you? I, well, I did a Are little research. Are you re- sure about that? I did a little research on right. Miracle on 34th Street recently. All right, so that's good. And then before that, Sarah Adamson, uh, our national movie critic. Sarah Adamson will be here to talk about two movies that recently released, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 and The Big Short. So stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 